going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Go in the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Immac Sports. Instagram is also at Immac Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 117, and this is a good day for sports information because not only did we have some crazy NFL news, you know, players we didn't think would be released, players we didn't think would be hurt, Mr. Irrelevant and all that. Things are kicking into gear in San Diego with the winter meetings. We got our four teams for the college football playoff, plus so much more college football. And we're going to try to talk about it all. Yeah, a lot lot of stuff going on this week. It's going to be a little bit of an interesting structure for our episode today. It's currently 4.52 p.m. here on Tuesday. And at 5.30 is when the MLB Draft Lottery is kicking off on MLB Network. So we will be having our live reaction to that. Hopefully the A's get the number one pick. Uh, If I cut back to this in 35 minutes and (laughs) we have the seventh pick, it's going to be a rough one. And my mood might change a little bit, but... Sure. It should be interesting seeing our reactions. Of course, you know, the year where we are one of the worst teams in the league, the worst team in the American League, it's the first time there's a lottery. That's just how it works sometimes. Yeah. Uh, before we get into any of this, though, so while we're on the topic of the A's, why don't we talk about a couple of the moves the A's made today? Yeah. Because they were active for the first time uh, in free agency and also made a really weird minor league trade. Uh, so, Minor league trade first, trade for Chad Smith. He's a reliever, kind of sucks. Got rid of our 18th prospect, Jeff Criswell, who was our second or third round pick a couple years back. Starting pitcher out of Michigan was on that college baseball team in Michigan that was in the final against Vanderbilt a couple years ago. Was pretty good for us. Traded him away for some reliever. That's all you need to know there. And then the A's also signed Jace Peterson uh, to a two-year deal. Utility man. Kind of looks to be like our future chad pinder so unfortunately it probably means that chad is gonna go but that's good for him because he uh he's probably gonna go to a team that is contending because there's yeah. a lot of needs for for guys that have uh, as much utility as, as far as playing the field and the ability to hit in, in the major leagues so mm-hmm. good for chad pinder even though he hasn't signed anywhere yet uh that kind of leads me right into my opener as well because i did say that the MLB free agency is finally to break, finally breaking open. Partially that's due to the winter meetings. So I guess I'll just say the winter meetings on there. We've had some trades. We have a whole bunch of free agency signings that we'll talk more into later on in the episode. But this, all that stuff kicking off is really fun to watch. Oh yeah. The best thing I saw was it was definitely conference championship weekend, but, uh, we're going to save that for a little later. So I'll pick one game in particular, Kansas state beating TCU. And, you know, I was rooting for TCU in this game, but amazing. You know, uh, the first championship game of the morning goes to overtime. You know, Max Duggan, the uh, the TCU quarterback, was – it was life or death for him out there. And they didn't pull it out, but they're still in the playoff. They did move down in the rankings, spoiler. Just an awesome way to kick off uh, that Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good football, a lot of good stuff going on this past week for sure. Moving on to the Mac Sports Player of the Week, where we only had 11 votes in our poll this week. A little low in the votes, but I it voted. is what it is. 
I did too. Uh, so go vote next time you see that poll out there. Uh, but the four guys that were on it were Jalen Hurts, who threw for 380 yards and had four total touchdowns in the Eagles' big win over the Titans. Devontae Adams, who had eight catches, 177 yards and two touchdowns in the Raiders' win over the Chargers. Nick Bosa, who had three sacks and a forced fumble in the Niners' crazy victory over the Dolphins. Uh, and then Justin Simmons. Usually we don't put a player who had a team game that lost – but uh, two picks and a forced fumble for the Broncos safety. So we had to put him on this list for this past week. As far as the votes go, Jalen Hurts and Nick Bosa both got 36.4% of the votes and ended up tying. So we have right. co-immaculate sports players of the week with Jalen Hurts and Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, moving on to team reports. So let's go first. Tell me about Great. the Jets crazy game with the Vikings. Yeah, it was a crazy game, but the entire time I was watching the 27-22 loss at Minnesota, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, you know, Mike White, Zonovan Knight, and Garrett Wilson all played very well. Quentin Williams, too, even had his shoulder popped out and uh, got that thing popped right back in, came out the next play, and uh, got a TFL. So respect to that guy. Let's pay him immediately. But we're just we're not quite there yet offensively. You know, we were one for six in the red zone. Um, Mike White threw a pick on the last play of the game in the end zone, which sucked. But uh, And Berrios had a drop on a would-be game-winning touchdown. But you can't blame Berrios for that loss. We had six chances to score a touchdown in this game, and we couldn't do it. Uh, the one time was a Mike White QB sneak. We should have done that more, um, I guess. You know, I got to give some credit to the secondary because they held Justin Jefferson at 45 yards and only one touchdown. And that is a lot better than I thought they would do. So shout out to DJ Reed, who was on him most of the game, and Sauce had a couple opportunities, a couple uh, pass breakups. We got to be Buffalo or Detroit coming up. Um, luckily, the Patriots and Chargers lost, so we still have that seven spot. But you can't have it come down to Seattle and Miami at the end of the year because they're going to choke those games. I just know it. So seven and five, seven seed. I trust Mike White for now. Yeah. Moving on to the Raiders. We got a, a win against the Chargers, 27 to 20 uh, at home this past weekend. Starting off their car, first or second possession of the game through a pick six, uh, and the Chargers ended up jumping out to a 10 nothing lead very early. From there, we responded very well. Uh, and in total, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams just, Devontae Adams just had their way mm-hmm. with the Chargers defense. Jacobs, Seemed like it was just a very casual game, but ended up going for 26 carries with 144 yards and a touchdown. So the NFL's leading rusher expands his lead there. And then Devontae Adams, like I said earlier, eight catches, 177 yards and two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns came in the third quarter. Defense, though, was the story uh, of this game. We only allowed one offensive touchdown to the Chargers uh, because of that pick six, giving them the 20 points. We only allowed a 13 total points to that offense that they have led by Justin Herbert. Herbert did throw for 333 yards, but Eckler was held to 35 rushing yards on 3.5 yards per carry. And we did a good job defensively. And that's partially due to Chandler Jones having his first big game as a Raider. Three sacks uh, and a pass deflection as well. Five QB hits on Herbert. Huge game for him. We saw last year with the Cardinals for Chandler Jones. He had that one big game against Tennessee in week one where he had five sacks and only had about six or seven sacks the rest of the season. He only had a half sack in the entire season going into this game. And he, 
don't even know what the word for it's not doubled, it's not tripled, it's not quintupled. Yeah, it's the sixth one of that uh, for his sack total uh, <laughs> just in today or on Sunday alone. So he played great. Uh, Deron Harmon, playmaker, forced a fumble on Austin Eckler, and Nate Hobbs got the fumble recovered. Good to see Nate Hobbs back in there as well. Isaiah Palamau, which is Troy Palamalu's nephew, Palamalu. got a sack on Justin Herbert, so that was cool to see. And then we also had Cleland Furl and Matthew Butler, who was one of the Raiders draft picks this past year, combined for a sack as well. So good to see guys not named Max Crosby get after the quarterback, because that's been the Raiders' big issue this year. We currently sit at 5-7. and seven. I'm not going to speak anything about the playoffs unless we win this week, uh, but if we do... And I have the Raiders report next week, and we're six and seven. Yeah. We're going to be start talking about that seven. You're going to need six. us to lose to Jacksonville and Detroit for that. <laughs> Please don't root against me, though. If it comes down to it, I will have to root against the Jets. Okay. If it comes right. down to it, if it's my life over your life, I'm going to have to take my life. Okay, that's fair. But that's just how it is. I'd expect you to do the same if it's the other way around. Okay. And I know. You, so yeah. you know. Got to cheer for our teams. Uh, but a good week for the Raiders. Thursday night football against the Rams coming up. Should be a good one. Baker? Moving on. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think it's Baker. That's going to be a little tough for him to get all the, the plays Pretty down from guy. Sean McVay. Bootleg, wow. right? Bootleg, left. Hand off to Kyron. <laughs> throw to A-Rob. All those stupid plays that Sean McVay's got. Uh, moving on to where we went right and where we went wrong, though. Uh, I'll start off with where I went right. I said the Raiders over the Chargers. I didn't really have any crazy standout picks this week where I was the only one that got it right or anything like that. I just went with one that we went 50-50 on. And then the pick I got wrong was the Titans over the Eagles. I thought Derrick Henry was going to be able to have a good day against the Eagles' kind of lackluster run defense. However, they have kind of bolster that up over the last few weeks, signing a couple guys that they did. And the game just did not go at all like the partial way that I planned it. Uh, it was kind of one of those picks though, where you you take a shot at it because you know there's a chance. And if you do get it, then you're probably going to have a higher score than anybody else that week uh, and did not end up going that way. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with where I went wrong. I have so many losses. You should judge me by them. You know what I'm talking about, Kyle? Because I have so few. Shut up. You're trying to <laughs> do a Wolf of Wall Street. I have. Well, where I went wrong was taking Jacksonville. I was riding so high when I got them uh, got them right against Baltimore last week. I thought I would uh, give them another shout-out against Detroit, but they got absolutely smothered by one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, I don't even have any commentary for that. So let's move on to where I went right. Cincinnati over Kansas City. Burroughs never lost to them. Why start now? Cincinnati's yeah. so dangerous. Yeah, they're looking dangerous. We'll see where we slot the Chiefs and the Bengals once we get to our AFC power rankings here in a little bit. But let's get towards your head at starting off with our weekly MVP ladder. Do you have yeah. any honorable mentions or do you just want to go right into five? I want to shout out your guy Jacobs, also Nick Bosa and Parsons. I'll put the defensive players on my honorable mentions. So yeah. Crosby, Parsons, Bosa. I'll throw them uh, in there too for you. Tariq Woolen's had a great year as well. Fuck so off. <laughs> he's got six picks, man. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Number five. Mm-hmm. All right. My number five is going to be Tom Brady. That crazy comeback win last night with no help. He makes it back onto my list. 
And, you know, the more and more I watch this guy, he is super locked in. He had one pretty bad overthrow against Mike Evans and a similar one two weeks ago. But other than that, uh, it's not his fault. They're, uh, they're six and six, man. He is, he's on my list. I do not have Brady on my list. At number five, I went to skill position players with Jacobs and Jefferson. Okay. I feel like those are the two guys now at this point that really stand out as far as making a difference uh, to the highest extent for their team so far this year. Jefferson's a fuck it. He'll go get the ball for you whenever he needs to. And Jacobs has just been that bell cow for the Raiders so far this year, even though the team's not that good. Yeah. Moving on to number four. Josh Allen. He killed New England. In my opinion, he still has a chance. Uh, Josh Allen is also number four for okay. me. He hasn't been on the list for me in a couple weeks now at this point, but a couple good performances uh, with less shaky throws over the last couple of weeks, and he finds his way back onto this list because the Bills are just so damn good. On to number three. This is where you start if you want to bet some money on an MVP winner, and for me it's Jalen Hurts here at the three spot. Escaped that trap game against Tennessee. He's throwing really well now. You know, he's got a he's got a serious chance, a lot better than Josh Allen does. It's it's these three, in my opinion, if you want to throw some money down. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is going to be where I put Burrow. I think the other two guys at this point have just done it a little bit more consistently throughout the year. Uh, Burrow, though, with the past six, seven weeks has just been so damn good. And uh, again, like Skyler said, he's three and over Mahomes and he showed one of those great games against them this past Sunday. Moving on to number two. Number two, I have Joe Burrow in this spot because if you do a blind resume, the numbers are identical to Patrick Mahomes. It's just going to be the name that wins the award this year, in my opinion. I have Pat Mahomes at number two. Uh, Mahomes been absolutely great. Just that number one guy, I think, might have dethroned him now at this point on a number one. I'd be down for it too, but I haven't seen enough to take Mahomes off based on what I know the writers vote for the writers voted for, for Rogers, not Carson Wentz when he had his surprise season, you know? So it's true. that's, that's kind of what Jalen hurts is right now. Yeah. I am going to put hurts at number one because that team is so damn good. And he has 29 total touchdowns comparative to only three picks. Uh, and he just Jalen hurts has really, he's broken out this year, man. He's so fun to watch as a player. Uh, he's fun guy to have in fantasy for sure. And uh, if I was an Eagles fan, I'd be pretty stoked about how good my quarterback yeah. is only in year three. He's making the third year jump, though, which is the big thing. Uh, on to our AFC top five. Do you have any honorable mentions here or just out teams that you want to talk about? I want to shout out Tennessee for finally firing their GM, and we'll get to that. Yeah, that was an interesting move, uh, but we kind of know. I don't know how much we know, but it seems like we know a little bit about why that did happen. I do not have Tennessee on my list. I'll go right in number five, though, where I have the Ravens. Uh, Lamar injury, he's only going to be out one to three weeks. We'll talk more about the Ravens specifically over the next uh, couple segments here. But the Ravens are still good. At the end of the day, they still have a great team outside of Lamar, and they're not outside of this top five. They're number five for me. Yeah, I got the Ravens at five. Uh, it's going to be tough without Lamar for sure. And again, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's still still top five team. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be where I put the Dolphins. Rough week against the Niners. This was the first time that we've really seen them go against, or we've seen Tua 
go against a tough defense. And he just did not look comfortable at all. Uh, he's ha- played some really shitty defenses over the last four or five weeks. The Lions, the Bears, the Browns, the Texans, all defenses that aren't really in the top half of the NFL at this point in the season and goes against the number one team in the league and just gets destroyed. So the Dolphins, if your quarterback ain't good, it ain't going to be super high on this list unless you have something else that stands out about you. So Dolphins at number four. Yeah, also at the Dolphins at four. What I saw from Tua scared the crap out of me if I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, but luckily for you, you have a great play caller and some ridiculous weapons. So I think they're going to be okay for now. Number three for me is going to be a team that I had at number five last week. So they're moving up a couple spots. Uh, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They currently have the number one seed in the AFC right now. And that shaky play from Josh Allen that was kind of holding them down a little bit for me on, on this list is starting to go away a little bit and he's starting to look more comfortable uh, and not make those crazy throws. It was turning into interceptions. Uh, so the Bills are at number three. Also got the Bills at number three. I like this list already. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing. If they beat the Jets they're going to be a top two seed. So don't lose to Mike White, Buffalo. (laughs) This is where my list might differ a little bit from Skylar's. I still have the Bengals at two. Uh, I'm not putting the Chiefs above or Chiefs below them quite yet. I know Bengals beat them. I should put the Chiefs below the Bengals and Bengals have every right to be number one. But then again, we see every single year the Chiefs lose to the Bills in the regular season, and then they beat them in the playoffs. So that's all said and done. I know the B- Bengals beat them last year in the playoffs, but maybe that won't be the case come the new year. Okay. I do have the Chiefs at number two, and I'm fine with you doing that because I did the same thing in the NFC a couple weeks ago when the Eagles lost and I kept them. But Joe Burrow's got something on this defense, and uh, I can't ignore it. Yeah. These Burrow's crazy. I think he he gets so like overrated or underrated so weirdly. There's nobody yeah. that really properly rates him at this point because it's all comparative to like Herbert and Tua when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And I think just because one guy's playing so different at a certain point that it's I don't know, just that quarterback class is very volatile on how they get graded. It's really uh, hard to one, to believe. I'm sorry for cutting you go, off. Go ahead, but it's go ahead. It's hard to believe he's in that same class. He's just such a more mature passer already, you know. Yes. And I know I shouldn't be comparing him, but it's hard to ignore. That's that's part it of it. It is. Yeah, it is. And there it's going to be like that their entire career, of course. That we see that every single time there's a QB a QB class. It's those three guys that were taken in the top 10, how do they stack up against one another? And right now Burrow has the edge over Herbert and Tua. And at this point Career accolades, all that stuff, I don't really even think that's close. Number one, though, Chiefs for me, I already kind of gave my reasoning for it. Me too. I'll just leave it as that. For the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the NFC, uh, do you have any honorable mentions here that you want to talk about? I want to shout out Tampa Bay because I know it was an ugly first half, but no one cares if you had a bad first half in a playoff game as long as you get the job done. And they've been getting it done, so they survive as an honorable mention. I do not have Tampa on my list, but I guess I'll put them in an honorable mention here for me as well. Yeah. If they beat the Niners next week, they'll definitely be on this list, though. 
Uh, number five, last week I had the Commanders. This week I have the Commanders slash the Giants because they tied. So, <laughs> I mean, how? what's a better way to put two teams in one spot is if they don't tie? If they tie again in two weeks when they play, I don't even know what to say. But uh, we'll see what, yeah. when that happens. What about you, Skyler? Who well, you if five? you remember last week, I had them tied in the five spot. And, you know, I didn't expect them to actually tie in their matchup. So, of course, I have to keep them tied here at the five. Yeah. Moving on to number four, I have the Vikings here. Just another game for them this past week where they find a way to win. 9-0 in one-score games. And I'm pretty sure that's, like, I know for a fact it's the most within this season. Of course, there's not really too many teams in general that have nine wins. But that's got to be near the top as far as NFL record. They showed a graphic, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I also have the Vikings for similar reasons. It's not that I don't trust them. I just feel like they could be playing some games that aren't one score games. Uh, I mean, come on, you held you held the Jets to what, four field goals in a row and you weren't winning by 30. How is that possible? <laughs> Moving on to number three is going to be where I put the Eagles. Eagles had a great game against the Titans this past week and AJ Brown showed why they yeah. Titans should have fired their GM. Uh, and that's actually what ended up happening. But that's besides the point here. Eagles are a great team. I just don't think they're as good as these top three teams on my list. Yeah, uh, the Niners are going to stay in the three spot for me. I don't think it matters who's playing quarterback, honestly. And it's another situation we'll get into, so I won't go too in-depth. But it's the best defense in the league. They're staying in the three spot. Number two and number one are interesting. Uh, Last week I had the Niners at one, Cowboys at two. Jimmy G injury obviously changes a little bit of stuff. But I decided to keep it at that same one and two role with the Niners at one, Cowboys at two. Because I don't really see that drop off right now for Brock Purdy. We'll talk more about their Super Bowl odds yeah. for the Niners here in a little bit once we're done with this. But as far as team playing right now, I don't see that drop off coming within the regular season. All right. My number two team is going to be the Cowboys. They just constantly get the job done when they're supposed to. You know, uh, Brett and I joked the other night about uh, how they were going to win the game by 40, even when it was uh, 21 to 19 at the start of the fourth quarter. And they got pretty close. Uh, That's just what the Cowboys can do. They are so explosive, offense and defense. Not as efficient as uh, this other team I have at the top. Yeah. And I'll let you roll right into one there because I kind of just said my spiel. Yeah, sure. Well, I still have Philly. And I know they're not as good as they were a couple of weeks ago, but Jalen Hurts has been getting better every single week. You know, the last couple members of the secondary, but hey, guess what? Now they can throw the ball. Now it doesn't matter if they go down. You know, that's something I was worried about. If they went down early in a game, what what were they supposed to do? But I like what they're doing a lot. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing about the Eagles before we move on, the the contrast between last week and most recent week and how good Jalen Hurts played one game where he ran for 150 yards and threw for 150 and then the other game where he threw for 400 yards and still had four touchdowns the ability to do both is not something that other guys have you're not going to see Lamar Jackson throw for 400 yards in a game I know he did like once or twice but I think Jalen Hurts the better passer then Lamar Jackson and the drop off of Jalen's running ability to Lamar's running ability is not that significant. 
So when it comes to it, Jalen Hurts is a better Lamar Jackson. You know, I never thought his ceiling could get to even this high in his career. Crazy. You know, I thought he'd be he'd be a solid player, but I he'd be a highlight. I thought he'd be an MVP candidate. Where he has the ability to do crazy things, but maybe wouldn't piece it together all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it kind of looks like Justin Fields might be headed in that direction. We'll We'll see see about that. See if he learns how to throw. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. He's got to throw. Uh, we're not talking about Justin Fields today, though. Uh, moving on from that, uh, we're talking about the Niners uh, and their Super Bowl odds with no Jimmy Garoppolo. The injury news has been kind of weird because right after the injury question before the game, obviously ended up being ruled out. And right after the game, Kyle Shanahan said out for the season, broken foot. You won't see him again for the rest of the year. Last couple days, we've heard some different news where it wasn't a Lens Frank injury there's a whole bunch of bones in your foot i don't i'm don't, i'm not a doctor yes. i'm not going to get into that but there's a possibility he can be back within seven to eight weeks seven weeks from now is the divisional round eight weeks from now is the conference championship round and then 10 weeks from now is the super bowl so whether we see a banged up jimmy g a fully healthy jimmy g or no jimmy g at all how does this injury affect the niners super bowl odds yeah, you know, San Francisco wasn't doing so well this year because Jimmy was playing so spectacular. You know, yeah, it's going to change things around a little bit, but obviously they say Jimmy no surgery. Um, but you'd much rather face a Washington or a Seattle than Dallas in the first round. So making sure you you don't slip down in your playoff seating is going to be important. And uh, yeah. That's why, you know, Brock Purdy, there's going to be a moment this year where Brock Purdy's going to have to step up and most likely he's not going to be able to get it done. But if they can win half their games, they're going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, if Jimmy G comes back for a conference championship game and they're in it at that point, I think they're going to be completely fine and probably should be near Super Bowl favorites, if not the favorites. But if you're playing Brock Purdy in a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys in their defense, you are not going to win that game. Because the Cowboys match up perfectly for a team like the Niners, especially if you can't have a quarterback. They have the defense to stop your other playmakers, and they have the offense that isn't – it's good. Like, it, it actually is good. It's not isn't good, my bad. I didn't mean to say that. But it is good. And when your defense is that good, going against the Niners, you might only have to score – 20 to 22 points to win that game. Yeah. And I think if we do see an NFC championship game like that with those two teams, we won't, we're not going to see some crazy high scoring 30 to 30 game, even with the two offenses because the two defenses are so good. And I think when it comes down to it, Brock Purdy's not going to be able to get it done against the defense that has all the guys that the Cowboys do. This is why I wish the jets were in the NFC. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, one team that me and Skeller are both happy that is in the AFC because they give us some free wins every single year is the Denver Broncos. Right now they're sitting at three and nine with a pretty interesting QB and head coach situation. Right and now, no first round pick. Russell Wilson has thrown eight touchdowns through twelve games, uh, which is just pathetic. Yeah. But how how do you handle this Broncos QB head coach situation? Because Russell's owed a lot of money. And Nathaniel Hackett is just there in his first year. Yeah, I, I'm not going to change my opinion on this one. You got to fire Nathaniel Hackett, and I think it should be a, a defensive head coach. Um, D'Amico Ryan's, Dan Quinn, 
have them bring in a play caller that likes Russell Wilson, that doesn't just has to have to deal with them because we know Russ can figure it out with the right people around him. He's done it before. And that's not a contract you can move very easily. So you kind of have to do this or you're fucked. It's true. Uh, I do think Hackett needs to go. I don't know if signing a defensive coach is the right thing. Uh, I just mean a guy who understands the rules more than the offensive uh, genius. You know, that's that's part of their problem, too. They don't know what to when to punt, when to go for it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. They could be in a spot for like the special teams type guy oh, that kind, yeah, of, that kind of specializes in that stuff. Yeah. Where the, if they find a coordinator, if Luke Getzey is their guy, then stick with Luke Getzey. I don't think he could be, uh, but their defensive coordinator is really good, and that's the thing for them is that their defense is going to be the thing that has to win them games. And if their offense just turns into above average, they're going to be just fine. The main thing for them, though, when I look at it, is that they are so shitty within the division even with their good defense they haven't beat the chiefs in five years they haven't beat the raiders in three years they still struggle to beat the chargers and you're not going to make the playoffs if you go one and five in your division or go two and four in your division because those wins that you're going to are going to potential playoff teams where you know the chiefs are going to make it you know the chargers are going to be around there and in future years i'd probably assume that the raiders are going to be around there as well so you have to win within the division and the defense can't just be good against shitty teams. It's got to be good against those teams within your division, too. Uh, but I would fire Hackett. Keep Russ. You owe him too much money. Last thing that we got to talk about before we get to halftime yeah. is Lamar Jackson's injury. He had a knee injury against the Broncos. Uh, Tyler Hundley came in the game, ended up winning the game for them 10-9. to So probably didn't watch that game. I didn't. I just saw Tyler Hundley's two-yard touchdown right at the end of the game. But... Lamar's out one to three weeks. How can Baltimore weather the storm with Hunley? And do they weather the storm with Hunley or will they drop out of the playoffs? Well, luckily for them, they already have eight wins. Uh, That's all they had last year when Lamar had hurt. And uh, uh, with Hunley even getting some wins too. And upcoming games at Pittsburgh, which will be a tough one for sure. Probably going to go with Pittsburgh. But then at Cleveland and then against Atlanta. They just need to win 10 games to make the playoffs. We know New England and the Chargers probably aren't going to get there before they will. So I think they've done enough at this point. It's it's an interesting thing for the Ravens because I think if Lamar was to get hurt at any point in the season and you said Lamar has to be out three games, pick three games where you can't have them, this would be the three-game stretch. Because you're playing two divisional opponents, which are going to be close games regardless, and you're playing the Falcons. If you go two and one in those games, even if you lose a game, you're going to be completely fine. Even if the Bengals do win out, because you beat the Bengals earlier in the year, you play them in week 18. And regardless, if you are one game off going into that week 18 and you win that game against the Bengals, you win the division. Yeah. And Lamar's going to be back by then. So as long as you only lose one game, you're going to be just fine. And I think Tyler Hundley's a decent enough quarterback and they have a solid enough defense to be two and one over these next three games and be just fine. All right. Take it to halftime. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right. Welcome to halftime. We'll start it off with the NFL injuries again. Not a huge number of them this week, but pretty big ones. So we'll talk about them. Jimmy G, like we said, not done for the season. Doesn't need surgery. Seven to eight weeks is around the range for him. 
and Lamar Jackson, another guy we just talked about, it's the PCL sprain, one to three weeks, the knee injury. But one other one that's pretty big we didn't talk about, Robert Quinn, Eagles edge rusher, another Eagles defensive player going on IR. They traded for this guy this year, thought he would you know, help him get over the hump. And uh, they're saying he can return for the playoff push. Odell Beckham Jr. Here's a big one for you. If you didn't know, Odell was pretty close to signing with the Cowboys, at least that, that was what was reported by NFL Network, but uh, failed the physical. Looks like he's not going to be able to play until mid-January after the ACL injury. Um, not good. And uh, another Browns, not Browns player, Cowboys player. His name's Brown. Anthony Brown tore his Achilles the other night on uh, on Sunday Night Football. There's another Cowboy injury, which is tough. And then one more big one I want to talk about is the young running back, Kenneth Walker, knee injury. I don't think we know anything else other than he's questionable because he hurt his ankle last week against the Rams and didn't return. Yeah, for these these day-to-day injuries, it's really tough on Tuesday because for teams that play on that Sunday following from us, it's you really start to get news about those players specifically on mm-hmm. Wednesday and if they practice on Thursday and if they practice on Friday and then from there. So on Tuesday, just it's the, the very initial stuff, kind of the same stuff that they, they knew uh, when the game was going on. Yeah, not an injury, but just one more NFL note. I don't remember if we talked about it yet. Baker Mayfield was waived by the Panthers and picked up today by the Rams for only a million and a half. Uh, Rams were the only team in on him. And maybe he'll get some action this year because we know Matt Stafford's probably not going to play the rest of the year. And yeah. that's the the injury report. Yeah. Could be an interesting thing there with Baker, but uh, we'll talk about that if the, in the future if that ends up arising. Moving on to some kind of crazy news this morning with the Titans firing their GM, John Robinson. Very interesting move uh, when you look at it surface level because the Titans have been good ever since Robinson got there in 2016. They actually have not had a losing season under his tenure, but I think it kind of comes down to a power struggle. And it seemed like him and Vrabel had a bit of tension between those two guys uh Brable did not want uh, AJ Brown to be traded in this past year's draft and of course he was to the Eagles and then goes off against them this past Sunday and I think that kind of was the breaking point for the Titans owner and that whole situation there so yeah Robinson gets cut loose they ended up having their President of football operations ended up becoming the GM. I'm not sure what his name is, but that's their Billy guy Bean. now. <laughs> Shut up. And, uh, I just think this kind of speaks to the Titans owner's belief in Mike Vrabel, which is yeah. very understandably true and reasonable because Vrabel's has a very legitimate case for being the best head coach in all of football. He Absolutely. is. A complete players guy. We've seen the video with him and Ben Jones a few weeks back where Ben Jones was crying and he was crying about how, how much he believes in him and, and playing through injury and all this stuff. Uh, and I think Rabel wins this battle between him and, and Robinson. It seems like there was going on behind the scenes. What about some college football? Skyler? Yeah, here we go. Now we're going to talk about the conference championship week. The recap, I mentioned TCU losing. So let's get into a game on Friday. USC 
going into the game at the four spot. Win and you're in for the first time. They couldn't get it done. Utah wins 47 to 24. Caleb Williams played great, played hurt, but Cam Rising got the best of him. Another game here. Georgia just absolutely destroys the LSU defense 50 to 30. You know, we haven't seen the Georgia offense do something like this in perfect timing, too, right? Right in time for the playoff. So they're going to be the one seed in the playoff. Uh, a team not going to the playoff, but a bright future because Clemson started off. Pretty poor against North Carolina here with DJ Uyunglele. He gets benched for the freshman phenom, Cade Klubnik. He comes in and they roll North Carolina 39 to 10. So uh, that's an exciting duo. Him and Debo uh, Dabo, sorry, Jesus. Dabo Sweeney, um, the, the new quarterback head coach combo to take over the next three years. <laughs> Michigan takes care of Purdue 43 to 22. Purdue actually played really well. In this game, it was 13 to 14 Michigan at halftime. But, you know, when you don't have a bunch of five-star recruits and Jim Harbaugh, you're not going to get it done. So let's get into the four now. The four, Georgia, the one seed, will be playing Ohio State, the four seed. They get the bump up there because of the uh, USC loss instead of Alabama. And I'm all for it because you shouldn't have a two-loss team in the playoff. There never has been. There never will be in this era of the 14 playoff. And then the Fiesta Bowl is going to be Michigan two seed against TCU, the three seed. TCU lost, but they're still in. They played a tough game in overtime, and I'm glad the committee understood they deserved this spot. I have some breaking news for you, Skyler. The Giants are signing an outfielder by the name of Mitch Hanniger to a three-year, $43.5 million contract. Uh, per Jeff Passan, so you know it's some real shit there. Uh, big signing. You know, I actually Giants. like this signing. It's a pretty good fit. I just, uh, you know, not the outfielder I was thinking. Yeah, arson, Ars- <laughs> arson judge, arson judge. <laughs> well, the uh, the college football playoff should be should be pretty exciting. I'm taking Georgia to beat down probably Michigan, uh, which is unfortunate. It's probably going to be chalk this year. Once again, but Georgia looks like the best team by far. Some more college football news, though. Deion Sanders, head coach at Jackson State, moving the boys to Boulder, Colorado, the Buffaloes. And I'm really excited and disappointed at the, both at the same time. Let me tell you why I'm excited, because the Pac-12 needs a savior. USC, UCLA, possibly, probably more leaving for the Big Ten in a couple of years. So we need another juggernaut other than Utah to keep keep this conference alive. And I'm excited to see Shadir Sanders, his son, Travis Hunter, the number one prospect in the world, playing on the stage on Friday night. People have a reason to stay up and watch Pac-12 after dark. I'm disappointed because my brother's friend, Brady Nasser, who was already committed to Colorado, was told to pack his bags and go somewhere else. And I understand I don't blame Dion. That's how it works. But it's also a little disappointing to some some guys who otherwise wouldn't have got a Power 5 offer. So speaking of guys packing their bags and leaving, the transfer portal is massive right now. I just sent my brother a meme of, uh, I think, the doors opening at the Staples Center and thousands of people running in. It's like the transfer portal when it opens. Because we have the most players ever. 750 as of last night. I'm sure it's even more. Transfer portal is getting abused, man. 
I, I'm not going to mention any names right now until they actually choose a new team. Other than a lot of Michigan guys who like Cade McNamara are following him to Iowa. So they're good, trying to revamp their, their offense. And uh, I'm pretty sure the entire SEC will have all new offenses. Uh, so we'll see. That'll be exciting. Um, again, holding off for that. Just a little too soon to talk about it. One more thing for college football, though. The Heisman finalists have been chosen. Um, four quarterbacks. Caleb Williams is going to win it. He's going to. He deserves it. But we also have Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Max Duggan, TCU. And, God damn it, why am I blanking? CJ Stroud, Ohio State. Um, I feel like Bijan Robinson probably should have been there over Stetson Bennett, but I'm not going to complain because we already know who's going to win. It's Caleb Williams. And it's really hard to repeat. We know this from history. It's only been done by uh, Archie Griffin, I believe. So next year is going to be be fun to see if he can actually do it for the first time since the 70s. And that's my college football news. A little longer than usual, but it's crazy right now. It is yeah. nuts. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to some baseball stuff before we get into this live lottery reaction. Just going over some of the news that we saw within these past few uh sorry i'm just seeing a ken rosenthal tweet that mentioned giants and aaron yeah, judge so yeah. it took, took me a second me to too. comprehend me what's too. going Luckily on i wasn't talking uh but looking into some mlb news that did happen that is not aaron judge or mitch hanniger or the big three that that we saw over this past week with Degrom, verlander or trey turner because we are going to have our separate segments about that later on uh, but just filling you guys in on some of the stuff that did happen colton wong got traded from the brewers to the Mariners called that uh, one for Jesse Winker. He was in that trade as well as a couple other people, including Abraham Toro going over to the Brewers. So another utility man for the Mariners after Adam Frazier's depressing season, Josh Bell, first baseman for the Padres and the Nationals this past year is signing with the Guardians. So a good sign there. Two years. I was surprised they did something. They needed a bat and they got it, man. Yeah, it was a bigger bat than I expected. I think I had Will Myers being the guy that goes there. uh, But good job for them. The Rangers got a left-handed pitcher in Andrew Heaney. So good job for them there. They kind of trying to bolster their rotation. And that's exactly what they're doing there. And then Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs on a, a one-year, $17.5 million contract. Uh, it kind of seems like a bit of an overpay when you first look at it. But at the end of the day, he was an MVP three years ago. He's going to get paid as if he was an MVP three years ago, and he gets that $17.5 million this year. Yeah. And, of course, Mitch Hanniger, three years, $43.5 million going to the Giants I uh, just reported uh, a couple of minutes ago, of course. All right. Let's get into uh, what's going on here. I think we have the thing going on right now, don't we? We do. It's about to start. Gotcha. It's about to start. All right. I guess we will see how the pace goes here. Yeah. And let's let's hop into our first. Uh, okay. Oh, there's Raul Ibanez. <laughs> <laughs> With the 18th pick, Roly Bonias selects the Brewers. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll come back to it later on once we get to. I know the A's can't have any pick lower than eight. Okay. Or higher than eight, whatever. However, do you want to look at it? They're gonna have one through eight. One of those picks. 
right. Uh, so start so we can get into that in a little bit. But uh, starting off with our return from halftime, uh, talking about Justin Verlander. Two years, $86 million to go and replace DeGrom in bag. New York for the Mets. Uh, Scherzer and Verlander are teammates again. It's a picture-perfect world. Is Verlander an upgrade or a downgrade for the Mets? Right now, it is an upgrade, in my opinion, just because we know he's healthy. Obviously, DeGrom's one of the best we've ever seen, but it's not a downgrade for the Mets. I really like it. You know, him and Scherzer back in the same rotation should be pretty exciting. Yeah, I I think it is an upgrade as well as of right now uh, with the Mets. uh, Look for a ring within the next two years. DeGrom probably has a bit more long-term value to him because he is a bit younger. But with the injury status and the uncertainty that comes with Jacob DeGrom, Verlander doesn't have that right now. And I know Verlander missed two out of the last three years, but he just was a Cy Young this past year and pitched like 200 innings. So I think it is an upgrade for the Mets. And I think they did a really good job of pulling out a guy that could have gone to the rivals, could have gone back to the Astros and ended up signing a big deal with them. Do we have some big news, Skyler? Nope, not yet. Just just finally not going chalk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, Jacob DeGrom. Big deal for the Rangers. A five-year, $185 million contract to go to the AL West team there. Yeah. Uh, is Jacob DeGrom and Andrew Heaney, I guess, as well, do those two guys <laughs> kind of put the Rangers into that playoff combo, or are they still in that maybe 500, just above types spot? Not by himself. You know, we saw with those last five Mets teams, other than last year, you know, it it doesn't matter how great he's doing. He's going to lose the game two to one sometimes. But it's the right kind of move. It's the kind of move I think the Rockies should have been trying to make. They have all the captains they need. They just need to hit on some prospects, maybe some small traits. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the Grom. I just don't think he was the guy for the Rangers. I know it's the guy that they've been wanting, and I predicted him to go for the Rangers, but that just wasn't their right move. They needed a guy who was going to be for surely healthy, I guess. I mean, nobody's for surely healthy, but the Grom's like the most unhealthy guy that you can get in a situation like that. So signing him to a long-term deal and giving up a lot of money, Skyler, you're scaring me with all these in- looks that you're, you're doing to me because I'm not watching this. Okay, you want you want to hear some? Kansas uh, City? I, Sorry. Well, I'm looking at it right now on the MLB thing, but it's a little bit behind. Oh. Let me finish this DeGrom thing real quick, and then we'll hop into that. Uh, DeGrom is a great pitcher, of course. He just isn't that that workhorse guy that you're going to get with the Verlander or some of the other guys that were on the free agent spectacle this year. And I think it's a bit of an overpay as well. Uh, So the Rangers did what they do. They want to spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of money, and uh, that's how it ends up going. Right. Okay. Uh, pretty Where much my, my note was everything was going chalk, and then all of a sudden the fifth team, Kansas City, went like 12th. Jeez. Yeah, and they, they just completely skipped over Minnesota, who was 12th, and they're still alive in the top seven, I think. They went to commercial. Okay. Yeah. All right, so that means we have enough time for our last segment here. I yeah. know this is kind of makeshift right now with all the stuff going on. It's um, a crazy day. But the Phillies made the biggest signing, 11 years, $300 million for Trey Turner. They get the big fish of free agency besides Aaron Judge. Uh, and that makes it be in a very complicated division. Should the NL champs be considered the NLE's favorites going into 2023? 
I think so. I think Trey Turner is a perfect fit in this clubhouse, you know, especially with Bryce Harper being out for the beginning of the year. Uh, this is awesome. And I know the big thing with the size of the contract is going to be, is he going to, you know, run the same way when he's 35? Um, you know, we have no reason to believe he won't right now. And I like that they took that in, con- in consideration with the numbers. The AAV is a little lower than people thought. And Carlos Correa is probably kicking himself right now for not going mm-hmm. first because of this. But I think it's a perfect fit for Turner and the Phillies. I like it. And I predicted it. So a little hype. Uh, give a uh, give. Um, uh, who's the actor from uh, from Top Gun? John Hamm. Give him some. Uh, some Miles Teller. That one. <laughs> no, John Hamm did the uh, the video. Oh, oh yeah, Trey yeah. Turner. Yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I, I do remember that. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Phillies fan that was in Top oh. Gun. Uh, I don't think they should be favorites, partially because of Bryce Harper injury and also just how good the Braves and the Mets are. I think the Braves at this point, with how good the roster is, probably should be looking at that number one team. They won it last year, uh, and there's no reason that they can't win it again. Phillies only won 87 games last year. Harper's not going to be there the first couple months. Trey Turner's going to be great for them. But I don't know if that puts him over the regular season hump of being able to win 100 games, which seems like the Mets and the Braves could do quite easily coming into this next year. Mm -hmm. All right, Skyler. Are we back from commercial break? We are not back from commercial break, unfortunately. Let's go ahead and (laughs) hop into our bets then real quick before we get out. Uh, this and into we are almost back from draft lottery mode. <laughs> uh, so quickly, uh, last yeah. week we went one for three. Bad week. One pick that got right was my lip. Congratulations. I had Bills minus four, uh, and they're fourteen point victory over the Titans. Not the Titans, the Patriots. And then Skyler had TCU minus two and a half versus Kansas. They ended up winning the game, but not by two and a half. That's true. Wait, no, they, lost. they didn't win. The they game. lost. My bad. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn went crazy. Uh, yeah, so we they did back. not win the game. And of course, that's not there. All right. Uh, then I guess we'll we'll lock in here. Uh, they're looking at the board right now. It looks like we have the six pick coming up, but they cut back yeah. to all the all the GMs. Gotcha. Cincinnati guys looks a little pissed right now. Pittsburgh. Oh, the A's guy is smiling. He's happy. Oh. Yeah. It was one assistant some... director. Okay, the six pick. Roly Banyas says. The A's. We got the six pick. Yeah. Minnesota and Texas are still alive. That's very unfortunate. The fifth pick will go to Minnesota, who won what? 12 more games than the A's, at least. So Texas has a higher pick than us. Yeah. Texas, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington are available. The fourth pick will go to Texas, and they're going to take Tennessee starting pitcher. Washington, Pittsburgh, Detroit. The third pick goes to Detroit. Pittsburgh or Washington for the number one pick. And they're cutting away for a second. This really sucks. That is, uh, 
That's absolutely terrible, man. Yeah, just just out of reach of uh, the elite three hitting prospects. Yeah, we're not going to get the crazy high school guys, but uh, maybe we hope for some underslots from the, those top teams. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to overslot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It depends who's there, but yeah, it's just like how. For a team that needs a high pick, you would think if you... Pittsburgh goes number one, Washington number two. That's just... So congratulations to Pittsburgh. That's just super disappointing as an A's fan because we we deserve to have a high pick, man. We, We deserve to have a guy that we can go ahead and, you know, look at as like a franchise type guy. And I think they just... They completely botched doing doing a lottery here. Yeah. Like teams like sure there's whatever you want to call it, tanking or whatever, but that's like like tanking in the MLB is not nearly as bad as it is in the NFL. And the NFL has no lottery. And the NFL is completely fine with the way it is. The NFL they, I think is getting a lottery though, they too. said. But they're not doing it quite yet. No is a thing. And I think it's also like exciting as when you look at it from the NFL's perspective, where like you're trying to lose games as a fan. I think yeah. that kind of, that is kind of fun and like, cool to see. I don't know about cool to see, but like it's exciting. I'll say that. Like if you have two, one in 10 teams going against each other in week 11 and you're just seeing all the stupid things that each team is doing to try to throw the game. That's that's a very interesting aspect to have it as a fan. But if you have the A's and you you could have had the first fucking pick or the second pick or the third pick and you end up getting the sixth, that's just a lost cause. Like there was, especially for the A's, that you can't just buy your way back in. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have the money that, that we other teams do. Like the Rangers, who now have the fourth pick or the fifth pick, whatever it is, can go ahead and and just buy their way to to being good because that's what they've done or tried to do. They fucking suck at it in the last two three years now at this point. So it, it's a shame, but uh, I guess we'll get back to our bets. Well, uh, I guess one more one more thing I have on the on the lottery process. I feel like the NBA lottery was the worst, you know, pre-draft coverage. Uh, current draft atmosphere out of all the major leagues just because the lottery threw it away, you know, where a team mm-hmm. like New Orleans can get Zion Williamson even though they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. And that's that's it. Yeah. That, that is it. That's all we got. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll just go back to our bets now. I'm happy that we did this yeah. at the end of the episode. Because uh, if we had to go through half the episode at this uh, mood, it would not have been very exciting. Uh, but this week, for for my bet, for some reason, the Vikings aren't favored against the Detroit Lions this upcoming week. Uh, and so I took the Vikings plus two and a half in Detroit. Yeah, that's one I'm I'm sure I will take another look at. But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay plus three and a half at San Francisco. I think Tampa Bay's on a roll right now. And... I trust them to beat Brock Purdy. They they got it done against Andy Dalton. Yeah. 
for the bold predictions, we both went 0 for 1, so 0 for 2 total for both of us. Yeah. Uh, I had Miami plus 165 versus SF. Uh, Tua, I did not think was going to be a fraud, and he was a fraud completely on Sunday. Uh, so that's a red. And then Skyler had the Jets over Minnesota. We already talked about that game quite a bit. Uh, this week, I went to the World Cup because I didn't like really too many other plays uh, throughout the NFL or anything like that. Uh, so I went with France in regulation versus England. That game is on Saturday, and that is a plus 140. All right. I'm not sure what the odds are on mine here. I had a similar situation, so I went with the NBA. I'm going to go with the Lakers to win in Philadelphia on Friday. Anthony Davis has been on a tear. I know he does have the flu and left the game today, but I I guess I'm hoping he's better by Friday. It should be how it goes, as long as it's not COVID. And Lakers are playing I'm better gonna, too, man. Yeah, I'm going to have him beating the Sixers. There you go. All right, that's going to do it. Kind of a sorrow yeah. tone at the end here. but uh, Keep your stick on the ice, Kyle. Yeah, keep your stick on the ice. Uh, we'll see you in, in episode 118 next Tuesday. Uh, hopefully they remove the draft lottery. Hopefully we won't be as sad. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go A's. Go A's.